Welcome to Go Simcha, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth approach to the Jewish music, entertainment, and simcha world. Now, here's your host, Zisha Littman. Hey everybody, what's going on? We are back with another episode of Go Simple, the podcast. I've been looking forward to doing this episode for a very long time, um, ever since I discovered this guy's music on YouTube. It kind of came about after I interviewed Arya Kunstler, and we were talking, but like, th- this is my dream come true. Um, we're, this week we're sitting down with L.E. Stamen, um, also maybe some of you might know him as Doug Stamen, of the Groggers. Now, for those of you who are listening to my show and have no clue who the heck the Groggers are, the Groggers are a Jewish punk rock band. Now, for those of you who do not know what punk rock is, you're missing out. Um, but I'd love to. I'd love to formally welcome Ellie to this to the show. Um, big fan of his music. I honestly, I listen Thank to. You the, I li- for sure. I listen to his stuff every day before I sit down to work because it just pumps me up, and. Let's let's have some wow. fun with this one. Yes, I, I really do. I, I, I turn on your I turn thank on you, your thank YouTube. you. Glad to be here. For sure, dude. So the Groggers, how the heck did you conceive a Jewish punk rock band? I mean, there have been Jewish punk rock bands, they're not like Jewish, like we know, you know, you have no effects. I mean, for, they they called their album Three Hebes and a Bean. But I mean, how did you how did you conceive the, right. the this of punk rock Jewish punk rock? So it happened very organically. Um, I grew up as a pop punk kid in the uh, you know '90s and early 2000s um, when I kind of really got into listening to music and, and playing guitar. Um, I you know just absolutely worshipped Green Day and. <laughs> and uh, Foo Fighters, which is sort of more more rock and roll, uh, and then more obscure bands like Motion City Soundtrack, and um, and that that was just the style of music that I, that I absolutely loved. And um, I moved to New York when I was I think twenty, and uh, was playing bass for for Aria Kunstler, and we would go, we would sort of do these these very um, we'd go and do like these very yeshivish gigs and. Uh, artist because we were kind of we were we were more of a rock jewish rock band but um i just i never quite felt like the the jewish world had anything that catered to my personal taste in music and um so i you know i just started recording my own music that i i thought that i would want to listen to and the problem was when we first started people kind of said like there's no there's absolutely no market for this. Anyone who gets what you're singing about is going to be offended by it. And uh, <laughs> so, well, isn't that the goal of so punk? We, yeah. the thing. So, I mean, and, and our, the other thing is, our music is not is probably not super kosher for for uh, some people out there. I think there are there, there are those that would argue that you know we're not the most appropriate band. So you know it's. So this is both a subject matter, which happens to be very Jewish, um, you know, and the actual style of music are not, I mean, I want to do something completely different. Right. I hear that. Well, it's, it's funny because yeah. I, 
it's funny because when I when I had Avram Fried on the show, we were having this whole conversation about Jewish music and like what is Jewish music? And he said, really, there everything, any kind of sound, any type of music that you want could be can be within the realms of of, of Jewish music as long as it has that Yiddish atam, so to speak. And and if it if it connects with you and it right. brings it lifts you up. And you know, honestly, like I said, your music, it's funny because I was thinking about it after I was talking to him, and I was like, how come there's no punk? I actually, truth is, I always had this, I, I play guitar. I play guitar and drums, and I always, many years ago when I was in Yeshiva, mm-hmm. they had this battle of the bands here in Israel. I don't know whatever happened to it, but I always wanted to, I always wanted to put a group of guys together that, like, yeah, we could do the battle band. Yeah, that's great. And, like, I always wanted to put some, do something like that, get up there and just do a punk set. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, so like I wanted to do this, like, yeah. do like yeah. a whole punk oh, yeah. set. We, 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 we won that year. Really? That's great. But yeah. like so that's what I was saying. Like I yeah. wanted to do like something okay. like that, and and just get up there. Like I know you have you have to do like a couple original songs, and then you do a cover. And I just wanted to end on like doing a no effects cover of the Bruise, just in like full like Shabbos clothes. Just get up there and just do a full cover of the Bruise. And it never happened. And I was like, oh, there's no punk. There's no Jewish punk. And then bam, there you are. But like, that's awesome that you guys did that and you won. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like your music, it, 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 it's good. It lifts people up. I mean, like I said, it lifts me up. It gives me, it, it puts me in a good mood. And I, I, I find it Jewish. Now, it's, it's funny. Like a lot of your songs, like. You, yeah, it certainly do it. Yeah. And you, you touch on some good themes. I'm not going to lie. Like your, your song, there's no I in Harem. It's true. All the words you're saying are very, very true. And people need to listen. People need to listen, understand that. And what I was going to say is also regarding some of your stuff. Like I noticed there's a common theme. Like you, you tend to rip on YU and Stern on on the colleges. Any, any reason? (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know what it is? It, it, it <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever used like the psychology, even in my own head, as to why I rip on them so much. <laughs> I didn't go to uh, YU, and uh, you know, I went, to, I went to Toro, which I feel like is like like YU's like ugly cousin. Yes. And, uh, and it, <laughs> yes. it was always, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like lose my uh, sponsorship here, or whatever. And so I, I um. They they always sort of felt like the man a little bit. Like they were, I don't know, it was like a David and Goliath thing. And I was like kind of, I, I felt like I was sort of on the outside. And I, when I first moved to New York, for sure, I felt very much like an outsider kind of looking in. And right. that's what that was. It was like, I don't really, I didn't grow up in New York. So I, I didn't really feel like I fit in there. And the first couple of years that I lived in New York, I was like just super lonely and, and, and like just, kind of going through stuff and, and just felt like I wasn't, I just didn't feel like a part of anything. I just sort of felt like very out of sorts. And um, so that's probably some of the reason it's probably because it's like, it just always felt like this other world that I didn't quite get. Um, also, I guess there were just things that were incredibly parodyable from YU and Stern, like my dear friend is the Maccabee. Yes. You know, that was just, they were just, I mean, I'm <laughs> friends with all those guys. I'm, I'm like, like Even the astronaut, that. and but, and I and I unabashed. No, is a, is a is a close friend of mine. I've known Noah for for years. We've worked on tons of stuff together. Nice, like you know, um, 
but 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 I make up. But I mean, they know how I. I mean, I've I've. It's not like it's a secret that I you know, will uh, parody their stuff mercilessly and. I don't know. They're grown men doing acapella. I mean, would need I say more? Yes, exactly. Come on, guys. Grow up. You got kids. Your kids got kids. Exactly. There so, you go. I mean, stuff like that. It's like, come on. You're you're putting you're putting yourself out there in a way where you're making it very easy for me to make fun of you. So, you know, guys, love you. Love the Maccabees. Love me some Maccabees. But grow up, guys. Seriously, grow up. <laughs> That's great. No, I hear that. Now it, it it seems like you know you guys have you have it you have like one album out is is like or is 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 there more because from what I saw on your on on YouTube at least you have you have the one album there's no Iron Harem and then I see there's also I don't know like is there anything yeah. else or you just did one album there's a there's a second album that we never put out <laughs> really kind of crazy it's like it's like I would say. We have like it's like eighty percent done our second album, and it's just the timing just never worked out. I was gonna put it out before I moved to LA, and then I moved to LA and got caught up in everything else I'm doing right now, which kind of took over. So I haven't really anything Groggers related in, in in quite some time. I think our last gig was in like 2015, maybe 2016. It's been it's been Word. it's been some time. Uh, I we just haven't really yeah we we. I wouldn't say we've like formally disbanded, but it, we we just really haven't uh, haven't been active in a while. Things got, um, you know, I I started a career out here in, in film, and oh yeah, that's what takes up all my time now. So it kind of, yeah, that's what I, you know. So it. Oh, that's the uh, thing. You know, that's pretty cool. We, what's that? I said that's your thing. You're you do yeah, you work yeah. in film. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing film full time. Um, the, I, listen, I would love to put out more Grogger songs because we, we just have stuff that's like sitting on the back burner that no one's ever heard. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, I think a lot of it's better. It'd just be like, I grew as a, as a musician and, you know, got better at producing and learned how to write better songs and stuff like that. So I think some of the new stuff we never put out is, is way better than our old stuff and the, yeah, I gotta I gotta put something up someday. Someday I'll I'll go nice. through it all and so release some new Grogger's material. Where did you guys find find each other? Like the band, like there's you know you have your drummer, you have your bassist, you have your your rhythm guitar. Like where did you guys? How did you guys all connect? It so the thing is, it, there's sort of a fallacy about the band, which is that it was you know it's a it's a band for sure. Really, the the two core members were me and Ari Friedman. Um, the who who plays uh, guitar in the band and he's he's incredible. Um, everybody else has sort of it's been like a revolving door of musicians. We've had so many bass players and drummers, and but it was that was always at the core. It was just it was us two. Um, we met. He was at Queens. I was living in Queens. He was going to Queens College, and I, I would see him around. I knew he played the guitar. I think we met at, at the YU battle of the band. Nice. We were both playing there. I think. Yeah, I think I saw him play and didn't think much of it and uh we reconnected we played like a weird 80s metal cover band for a couple gigs and i met him through that and the way the grogger started was i recorded i recorded a song called get yes and by myself and it was just really didn't think much of it recorded it really quickly with i, I think i recorded it at aria kunstler's parents house 
like, Word. I don't know how long ago. I re- or I recorded some of it at my house, some of it, but like we, we did a lot of the work on it there. And I tried to shoot a video for it um, for no money. I didn't have any money at the time. A buddy of mine who was in film school, Farrell Goldsmith, who ended up shooting almost all of our videos. And, um, and we shot this video for no money. And I just sort of recruited people to just play in the video just to make it look like it was a band. And uh, we, we put the video out, like we edited it very quickly, put it out the next day. And within I don't know, a couple of days, it was just getting like tons and tons of, of attention on, on blogs. And it was getting posted about and shared. And, and it didn't ever put out, had ever done that before. No one had ever, you know, I think I'd ever gone viral, quote unquote. Nice. And uh, I was, yeah, it was getting thousands of plays and shares and everyone was, yeah, and uh, we sort of decided, all right, let's let's give this a shot. Let's we'll write more songs, and we'll you know, we had someone very quickly reach out to to us about you know management and oh wow, like, getting so, around New York, and then uh, you know, so you guys like legit yeah, it, like blew up very quickly. Yeah, that's awesome. That that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it, it was. I mean, it it happened in stages. Like first stage was just like. New York Jewish, you know, celebrity, where it's like in a very small microcosmic right. circle. Right. People knew who we were very quickly. And then, and then there were like milestones that we hit, you know, um, that were, that they kept getting stranger and stranger and stranger. <laughs> that, that sounds um, like something straight out of like, like yeah, out of a well, punk band though. That, that just sounds like, that just sounds like all the escapades of a punk band though. Like all this random stuff just starts happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a strange trip. I mean, I, I'm very, I'm very grateful to have been able to have, have like been a part of that. Um, it was fun. It was just, it got, things got weird. <laughs> things got weird. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't even want to ask, but I mean, <laughs> I, I'll take your word for it. Now, it, when, when I had Ari on the show, he was telling me how he helped you write one of your songs. One, I think it's probably one of your more recent ones, the I'm Not Going to Chakras video and song. What was up with that? Like, Ari said yeah. you had something to do with it. So that, so that song, yeah, yeah. So Ari, I, I actually never heard the song. He had a song called I'm Not Going to Chakras. I never heard it. I just know he had that song. And I, I, never, I don't think I, I don't think he ever played it for me. I don't, I don't think I knew the melody. I just read this song called "Not Going to Shockers," and um, I asked him. I was like, "Hey, can I repurpose that idea?" And um, I, I basically wrote what I, how I imagined the song to sound when he was explaining it to me. Um, to this day, I don't know, I don't know how that, how his version went, but uh, yeah, he, he definitely had in, uh, in that song. That's funny. It was a funny song. I mean, like again, all your all your songs yeah. are just funny. Like they're 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 in true punker fashion, and that's why you're, like you have such an interesting sound too. Like you kind of sound a little bit like some some of your songs kind of have a some forty one kind of vibe. Some of them have like a little bit of a Green Day, and then sure. some yeah. of them just go like real real hardcore. Like you know, like I think I think yeah. Your, yeah. I think your song Get has more of that like a little bit of quasi Green Day sound to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you yeah, and Billy Joel Armstrong could be rocking together. But I mean, it's yeah. cool. I got to meet. I actually I got to meet Green Day. And that was, 
Really? Yeah. I got to How- meet them. In that- yeah. And that was, was uh, <laughs> one of the uh, crazier moments of my life. Did you say, hey, I'm, I'm, um, I'm Doug. I, 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 have, I have a Jewish punk band. And the, and I did not. I did no. not. It was more of a casual kind of. Yeah, we were just kind of. We were kind of just shooting the breeze. Um, but yeah, meeting. Yeah, I got to meet them, and that was like at uh, yeah, nice at a, at a talk show. That was like, yeah, that was a crazy. That was a crazy day. So that was like a total dream come true. So, do you still actively like do work in music, or it's all film full time with you? Um. I work in music. I'd say it's it's a probably 75 25 split, maybe 80 20 split. 80 80 being film, uh 20 being music. So like I'll still do I still definitely record and and write and jam and just cuz it's in my blood and you know, it's it's you know, it's what makes me happy. So I'll I'll always play music. Um I'm not doing it professionally as much anymore just that I, I kind of prefer doing film full-time and having music as an outlet right where i don't have any i don't feel any pressure to to have to record music that sounds a certain way or to work with artists that i don't want to you know as a producer or you know it's it's kind of one of those things where if i want to record you know if i want to produce someone you know i'll uh you know i'll produce them and i don't have to feel like all right well i need you know this person needs to pay me or this you know i can i can kind of take things on as i see fit without feeling financial pressure and that's i I, to me that's kind of the dream right just to uh yeah for sure have music as a a pure art form yeah no for sure i do still produce there are times where i still produce art and stuff but um nice and you know i'll put songs out every once in a while but nice yeah that that's really cool so you haven't completely sold out but you're you're still you're still in the music game. Now you you say you're into film. I actually, when I was, when I was back in high school, I, I was very into film and, and video production and all that stuff. I still do it. I still dabble. Um, I never took it to the next level, mm-hmm. but what, what, what aspect of, of the film industry are you in? Uh, so I, I mainly write and direct. Um, I, I can see a that. A lot of short form content. So like music video. Yeah, so like you know, music videos, commercials, short films, um, you know, all all that. That's my day to day. I just wrote and produced a movie with uh, my friends Zach Grashen and, and Jeff Handel. So we just did a uh, oh yeah, yeah, we just did a feature film. I know Jeff. Jeff's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually, you know I yeah. do. I'll tell you how I met him. It's actually how my whole podcast thing got started too. Um, many, about a couple of years ago, um, uh-huh. I wanted to, I, I had this idea to, I, I interviewed Neeson Black. I don't know if you're familiar with Neeson Black. He's, he's, mm-hmm. so he, so he was yeah, out here in Jerusalem and I wanted, my friend was his producer at the time. So I came down to his studio in, in Jerusalem and we were going to do this whole video interview. And my friend got Jeff to come down and shoot the video. And it was like, I think Jeff, I don't know if he still lives in Jerusalem now, maybe he's out in LA, but so we, he did this whole video for us and we got to talking and he was a great guy. And then from that, like I had this whole idea, I wanted to do interviews with these musicians, kind of go like behind the scenes, do like an MTV kind of style behind the scenes. But then I realized that like, due to the fact that I'm in Israel, most of these guys are in America, it wouldn't work. So I went to the next best thing is doing a podcast, but yeah, Jeff's a cool guy. Jeff's, 
So I saw that he posted huh. it on Facebook about this whole movie. It was like an indie I was film. Just looking, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. We just uh, yeah, it's an indie film. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a horror comedy movie. Fun. That yeah, so that's uh, yeah. So that's so yeah. And we're working on our next movie uh, as well. So we're you know it's doing doing uh, yeah doing features is kind of is kind of what I'm focusing on right now. Um, nice. As the uh, as as the primary yeah the primary objective. Nice. I mean, listen, you know, you, you utilize yeah. your creative, your creative mind to, to take it and take advantage of it. But like, whatever happened with the band, with the band, where are they now? Like, what's up with those guys? So, right. So it really, it was just me and, and Ari Friedman as, as a consistent members. Um, Ari is living, is living in New York. So I have, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like maybe this will be a, maybe this will spark um, you know, phone calls. And I haven't spoken to Ari in, in, in a while. And it, it's probably been about a year since I've spoken to, to Ari. Oh, wow. um, maybe, maybe more. Uh, there was no, there was no falling out or anything like that. It just, you know, he's, he's married with kids now and, you know, he kind of started his life in, in New York and I'm out here and it just, uh, you know, sometimes that happens. Uh, I should, I should, uh, you know, what? this will <laughs> I'm gonna spark a, you know, a, a, prompt, a prompt to call him. I gotta reach out. Nice. Now, the, so do, do you think he tells his kids that he used to be yeah. a punk rocker? You know, I don't know. I, you know, I, it's that I, I, I know he took a lot of pride in, and, and um, you know, and uh, we had a lot of fun. We, we, had, we had a lot of fun when we used to play. So I hope so. I hope he that's, passes it on to the Kinderloch. That's great. That's great. What, now, did you guys, like, what were some of your main, I mean, you mentioned before some of your main influences, but were, did you guys ever think about doing any covers, like any NoFX covers or any, any cover, like Green Day covers or anything like that? Or it was strictly all um, we, um, written, your own stuff? Uh, no, no, we did a lot. So live, um there were there were plenty of times where we would go places like people didn't know our music so we we would do we would throw in a bunch of covers just because it um you know it would it would be more familiar to some people we did what did we do we did uh we would do covers like my own worst enemy by lit we did um sugar we're going down ocean avenue nice we definitely did some green day covers i think we covered um she looks so perfect that five seconds of summer song definitely did we definitely did covers throughout um throughout our tenure uh the last gig we played i actually we it was a groggers it was like a pseudo groggers gig so pseudo like you know pseudo covers i played drums for most of the gig really that was um yeah that's that's the funny thing i feel mo i almost feel more comfortable on drums than anything else i i kind of would like if I'm in a room full of instruments or I'm like, if someone's like, Hey, you want to play a gig? What, like what do you, what would you want to play? It's, it's, it'll always be drums. Really? That's so interesting. Why is that? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think it was one of those things that I wasn't allowed to do when I was younger. Like I had a, like my, my mom like hated when I had a drum set in my room because it was just loud. So it was always this, this thing that like was just beyond my grasp. I wasn't allowed to like play drums in the house. Or you know, I, I'd be able to for a couple of days, and my mom would get fed up and like 
tell me to move them or whatever. So it, I think it was one of those, it's like this forbidden fruit that I, uh, you know, but it's also playing drums, like it requires less brain power in some ways. You don't just think <laughs> the same way as when you're, when you're playing guitar and you have to, you have to figure out like, you know, what chords to play. And I don't know, for me, I can just shut my brain off when I play drums and, and, and uh, work off the feeling as opposed to having to cal- like calculate things. I hear that. I, I definitely hear that. I, like I said, I, I also, yeah. play, I also grew up playing drums and, and guitar, saxophone, piano. Um, I, I did the whole shebang. Like, so I, I know what you mean. You kind of just like, you, there, there's not much thinking involved. You just kind of, you just, you know, if you know the set, if you know what you guys are doing, you can really just kind of space out and just go with it. But that's cool. Now, what kind of, yeah what kind of gigs did you guys usually get? Like you're playing bar mitzvahs and stuff like, Hey, look guys, the Groggers at my bar mitzvah. You know, it's like, that sounds like a great music video. Not, we played one, I think we played one bar mitzvah as a student, um, which was, this is a crazy story. Actually, we got flown in to play at this in probably million dollar bar mitzvah. Nice. Um, and the night before, we got a call and they're like, Oh, they're, they're helicoptering Matsuyaho and, um, and he needs a band. So like, do you guys want to play with Matsuyaho? And this was like at the height, he had just shaved his beard off. This was probably 2012. Like oh. he, was, he was at like the peak of his, of his celebrity. And we're like, yeah, yeah, totally. And, uh, so we played, so we played our own set, but we also played with Matsuyaho at this crazy bar mitzvah. And it was, uh, <laughs> I think so. We, you know, our natural inclination was to was to court it, was was to punk things up and use washing and stuff. And when we played, there was one <laughs> one point where he like yelled in my ear, like turn the distortion down. So we had to like you know tone it down a little bit, make it, make it a little less punk rock, a little more reggae. But um, it was a fun gig. It was a super fun gig. That's great. I had a good time with that. I saw that you have a video where yeah. you write a song about him him shaving his beard. Was that after you played with him? Yeah. <laughs> that was No, that was that was no that, that was before we played that was before we played with him because he had we we put that song out I think the day of or the day after he shaved his beard. Like we were right on that. The minute that that happened, we had we had, I had something written and recorded like I wanted to be like, you know, right on that. So yeah, it was this was probably Six months after that, I'd say. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great. So, fun time did you did you find him to be nice, or did you find him to be a jerk? Um, he is. He he's always been nice. He was he was nice. To us. He's he's just very eccentric. He's very, um, he's very artisty. I hear that. You know. Uh, yeah, overall, nice. Yeah, he's he's kind of he's got he's got his own thing going. You know, he's like a like, free you know, spirit. He's someone who's, who's in his own head a lot. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. That's so random. How did these guys like find you and be like, "We want them for the bar mitzvah"? It's like every other band out there, but we want the Groggers. The kid want the kid wanted us. That's awesome. The kid wanted us. That's so yeah, awesome. Yeah, that, yeah. He he was like I. He's just like, I just want Montiago and the Groggers. And they're like, what's a Grogger? <laughs> that's so awesome. That that's really, where was this? It was in New York or was yeah. it in 
that was a cool that was, a, that was I was I just moved to LA um so they flew yeah they flew me in um it was in the Hamptons Florence was in the Hamptons well there you go million dollar bar mitzvah in the Hamptons yeah shoot yeah. that's yeah. really funny it now, was, it was I, interesting I, I'm sure yeah I, I'm sure it was very stuffy there, eh? That's that's like very the, stuffy. No, it was it was a good time. I remember. I remember. But it's funny. It's like it's 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 it, that also seems like something out of a movie. Like big party in the Hamptons flies a punk rock band out out to play. That sounds like another music video. Yeah, yeah we probably should have done a video then. But I mean, it, was, uh, I think that was also. We we did that right after the this is probably like a few months after the Juke Can Sam video. I don't know if you saw that one. Yes. That's really funny. You have a lot of funny stuff. I mean yeah. the, the, you you rip on a lot of people, like you ripped on that Mindy Myers lady. I think a lot of people ripped on her. I did I did Yeah, yeah. That was also it's a, it's again, if you're gonna put yourself out there I don't think it's I think it's it's important to be nice and respectful to people. I think right. it's important to, you know, but, but that being said, if you were going to put yourself out in, in a way, you know, for public scrutiny, yeah, then you, you leave yourself open to, you know, to public scrutiny. And um, that was, that was what Mindy Myers did. She, her whole platform was, you know, was built on that. So I, I didn't, I didn't feel bad about that. <laughs> she, she was asking for it. In in true punker fashion, my friend. In true punker fashion, Kulaka vote. I mean that that you. Yeah. So it seems like you guys have had a really fun like ride. I mean, you're not going to be doing this for for like thirty years, like No Effects has been going on in some of these other bands. But like you know, no. it's crazy. Like some of these guys yeah. are still rocking. Like some of these guys are still rocking. I don't get how they do it. Yeah, I honestly don't understand how Fat Mike is still alive. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I I I couldn't tell you. But I mean, I like, tell you. But I mean, um, it's you crazy. Got... I just went. My my my, my buddy's playing. What'd you say? I think so. So my buddy, who uh, my buddy Taylor, was a bass player for the band. For like, he was like the last bass player that we that we had in our in our uh, in our lineup so far. So he's now now playing drums for. He's now Lit's new drummer and uh and also playing. For, he plays for Mess. He plays for all these like kind of classic pop punk or punk bands. Um, he's an amazing drummer. So I went nice. to see him play with Mess recently. And yeah, these guys have been doing it forever. I mean, they're right. You know, they're they're road worn. It's like Blink One Eighty Two still makes music. I think. Yeah, they like the, music. I think they still make music. I don't know. Yeah, they don't. They just put out. They just put out a new album. Wow. Um, they're still making music. Yeah, they're still. They're still thinking. I've, I've and I've uh, I've gotten to uh, to chat with Mark Hoppus as well. I've, I've gotten to meet him, and that was really cool. Really? He, did he? Did he try to? Guy. Did he try to? Did he try to sell you on his alien thing? No, that's Tom DeLong. That's the. That's the other right. One. Right. My bad. Tom that's DeLong. true. Yeah, my I'm bad. Super into that stuff anyway. So if you, yeah, I, I would be. Down to that. How'd you yeah, end up no meet? Worries. How'd you end up meeting Mark Hoppus? I met at a movie theater. 
he was just there, like just alone. And and uh, <laughs> like I went over and just sort of chatted with him. Yeah, super nice guy. Just seems like very down to earth. And uh, I was like, what? What? <laughs> it was yeah. That was that was that was cool too. I was definitely a big Blink One Eighty Two fan as a kid. Nice. Well, it seems like you said you guys you definitely had a lot of fun with this. I, I don't know if you made any money off of it, in my, in my, other than the gigs. But it seems like you had fun doing this. And I and I and I th- yeah, you made money. Any of your albums made money? Oh, our albums didn't make anything. No one. I'll tell you a fun. I'll tell you a fun story, which symbolizes how much money our, our albums made. Um, I went. I I uh, I was in Israel. I don't know. Maybe, four years ago, something like that. And I, and I was heading back to America and my Sheirut driver, so the Sheirut driver picks me up and he looks at me and he starts freaking out. And he's like, oh my God, I'm such a big Groggers fan. He's an American guy. And the Sheirut guy, like he had no, he just knew everything I'd ever done. Like, just had, you know, he like had this comprehensive knowledge of every song I'd ever put out. And I was like, it was so, he goes, he goes, check this out. He's like, I have your album. And I was like, oh, cool. Like he bought my album. He pulled out a burned copy of my CD. I'm like, he didn't even buy my album. He just ripped it off of YouTube. <laughs> and uh, so, so, yeah, super fan who talked my ear off for the entire ride to the airport, uh, which was awesome. It was great. It was, it was hilarious that this guy knew um, everything about me. Also a little bit scary in a serial, serial killer sort of way. But yeah. he didn't even buy my album. So even the Superman's didn't buy our album. But, uh, you know, they just would watch the videos and stuff. But from gigs and stuff, yeah, we made, we made some money from, from, from gigging. Clock and, from, and from, uh, I mean, and then from, from, you know, like our song was on TV a bunch and I made some money from that. Really? Um, but yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, yeah. But it wasn't, uh, the Groggers, the Groggers helped me launch my career out in LA. But it was, you know, I never made a fortune off of it. It was just like a, it was a really good conduit to, to what I'm doing now. So it was, nice. a, it was, yeah, I would, I don't, I wouldn't be out here making movies if, if I hadn't, uh, if I hadn't been in the Groggers. Well, how'd that, how'd that kind of catalyst you into making movies? How'd that kind of like jump you out, beca- jump you into, into the film world because you enjoyed like the concept of creating music videos and all that and all that other creative aspect of things. Like how'd that like turn into your film career? Yeah. So it was, it was a combination of things really. Cause that was the, when I, when we first started doing music videos, I really realized like, Oh, this is what I, this is the part of this whole process that I love. When I knew that we were doing a new music video, which was, you know, I would just sort of decide like, Hey, we're doing a new music video. Um, I would just, I would, I was so jazzed to do that stuff. It was, it was, you know, so we started making videos. I started learning about how production works a little bit and, and, uh, you know, and, and how to write a script and how to, you know, and so I, I got into screenwriting around that same point. It wasn't particularly good, but I, I started sort of dipping my toes into this, into this world. And when we did the Ju Can Sam video in 2011, 2012, um, that video went super viral and got tons of press coverage and was kind of everywhere for a couple of weeks. And so they flew me to LA to do a show. And while I was out here, I just kind of fell in love with the the artistic culture and this this um this idea that people really come here to work hard and to you know and to 
to live their dreams. And if you work hard enough out here and you, you know, you have some, you have a modicum of talent, you can, you know, you can make things happen. And uh, so that like weekend trip to do this talk show kind of lit this fire under me to, to give it a real shot. And um, so I moved out here and started pursuing film and kind of the rest is, is kind of history. But um, yeah, that, that process was uh, that whole process. And, 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 I, and I want to give a huge shout out to Dr. Miami, who was the, who was the uh, propagator of the Jukan Sam video. And, and was, a, was a guy who kind of, who, who hit us up to do the video. Um, and uh, he is, yeah, largely responsible for, for what I'm doing now. So I, I uh, you know, I have a lot of, a lot of gratitude to him for kind of reaching out to us. Collect a vote, man. Hey, listen, it's all, that's what it's all about, doing what you love. Doing what you love that brings you that simcha, brings you that joy. Collect a vote, seriously. And, like, I think you're, you're very talented from the videos you put out and from your music. Like, you're very, very talented. And you've definitely made my life better by, by showing me that there's Jewish punk rock out there in the world. Although, I found another guy on YouTube. He's some Australian guy who I forgot who he was. <clears throat> some, like, Australian guy. And oh, he's, yeah, Yidcor. Yidcor. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh, there's another core. So, I, I was like, so wow. So, go back and listen to. Um, so, so, Bram from Yidcor is on track two of There's No Line There. And he, he, sings on, uh, he sings on To Bring It On. Fun fact. Really? That's yeah. awesome. So, they were, they were the, yeah, they were the first Jewish punk band ever like they were that was like i was a fan of them when i was a kid isn't um, he like a rabbi and i was just kind of he's i was like a rabbi uh, he's a lawyer i think he's a he's a he's a fascinating character i like bram a lot um yeah they so he, he sings these things on track he sings on the brain on yeah i we recorded the song which was like it's, it's probably one of my favorite grogger songs we've ever done and, and that was like the most fun to play live yeah. um and and when we recorded, I was like, you know, it would be awesome to, to do some, some vocals on this because he just got this like really raspy, like energetic voice. Uh, I was like, okay, yeah, let me see if I like, I'll only reach out to this guy to see if he'll do it. And I sent him the song. He's like, yeah, like he was so excited to do it. And, uh, yeah. That's awesome. That was, uh, that, was pretty, that was pretty cool for us. Gidcore. I, I love the name too. Like yeah. Gidcore. Yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 it's just a fun the fun band that, that's that's so chilling so you said that was your, one of your favorite songs to play live yeah. what, why why was that one yeah uh, it's super high energy and it just moves the song just just doesn't really give you uh does not really give you uh, an opportunity to to breathe <laughs> you just you just jump in it's got this really pounding drum beat and uh Right and and it's just it's a fun song. That was also I re, I, re, I actually recorded the drums on that song and that oh, nice. was like a, that was yeah. If you listen back to that, that's that's, uh, that's some of my drumming. But yeah, it was it was a super fun song to record and just I I love playing that song live. Nice. Did you ever get anybody slam dancing at your shows? Yeah, yeah, we had we had some. A little, a little bit, a little bit. Um, we, uh, our, our craziest shows were always on Purim. 
We always have I'm good sure. shows. I'm sure. That's, I'm there. Yeah, those were fun. I'm sure. That, no, I remember I was in a ska band once for, for a bit. I mean, ska's not as fun as punk, but, you know, it kind of, you know, and we used to we used to have some fun with that. I played the saxophone. I was in the horn section. I was super cool. No. <laughs> Yeah, no. If you're in a ska band and you're playing, you know, and you're playing horns, you're you're probably the coolest guy in the band. Well, it was funny, and it's actually sad at the same time yeah. because they 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 cut me. It was it was funny because I was in a, I was in this band with a bunch of Jewish guys who weren't who weren't from, and they 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 had a sh- we had this show this big battle of the band show, and they wanted to have a practice on Shabbos, and I said I can't come. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, what do you mean? You guys are Jewish. You all went to day school before. I, like, you know, I can't, it's, it's Shabbos. Like, okay, so fine. So we're going to have to cut you. So I didn't make it to the show, but I was like, it's all good. They were a bunch of jerks anyways. But I, I played with them a few sets. I did a few, <laughs> I, I did a few different things with them. We record, I, I recorded on one of their albums. They're called Skablam. And it, they were interesting, but I was the horn. Skablam? Skablam. You know, like the old Nickelodeon show, Kablam? If you remember back in the day? Oh, Kablam. Yeah. So, so it's Kablam. And one of my favorite songs that we did was this, like, punk version of Captain Planet. Like, this, 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 this punk ska cover of Captain Planet. Like the <laughs> Captain Planet theme song. That's cool. Yeah. That's it, really, I, I dig that. I, I would have been into that. I, I sometimes pull out my yeah, guitar so, and then cool. play it because it just—it was such a fun song. But you know, Baruch Hashem didn't have yeah, to. Yeah, that's. I that. I can see that being a really fun song to play live. What's up? I can see that being a really fun song to play live. Yeah, it was, and and the funny thing was the drummer was—he was left-handed, and he used to stand up and play the entire song like while he was playing, like in the entire set. He'd play. He'd play standing up for some reason. I don't know why. He was just a goofy guy, and yeah, it was fun. But hmm. it, it was fun and interesting at the same time. But I mean, like I said, you, yeah, you you've definitely made my day by coming on my show, and I'm happy I get to interview such a cool punk rocker like yourself, and all the stuff you're doing. Thank you. I I I, Thank I, you. I, I, I think you're good, you're 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 doing great, and I wish you tremendous hatslacha with it. And if you ever release that other Groggers album, thank you very much. Please send it to me. I I would love to hear. It. I mean, I'd even buy it. Sure. I, I I would I would love, I'm, a, I'm a big fan <laughs> of buying music. The only person. Well, listen. You know, you can't just steal music. Yeah, it's it's not right. I mean, come we on. Kind of expected it at a certain point. I hear but, that. That's sad. You're like people are. You know, we, we yeah. No one makes money from from selling music. You make money from, you know, publishing and concerts and stuff. So, we can't, right. we can't, I think we kind of expected it. Right. That's true. All right. Um, well, like I said, Ellie, Doug, whatever, however you want to call yourself, um, you you know, you, you definitely you definitely made my day, and I'm happy I had the opportunity to interview on the show. And like I said, enjoy it out there in Thanks, LA. Enjoy your film career and keep me posted on any Gragger stuff, dude. You've just listened to another wonderful episode of Go Simple the Podcast. For more news, updates, and information on our next episode, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at Go Simple Live, 
And don't forget to check out the show notes and videos on www.gosimcha.com along with zeradio.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, Go Simcha!